All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. If you don't know where that's at, it's right before 2 John. Okay? In most Bibles. For the last two weeks, I've been telling you about a horse that we called Hanos. Horse that we went down to Chihuahua, Mexico and picked up and... Uh, how I felt like that horse chose me, and how uh, we brought it over from Mexico. A friend of mine bought it, and then we ended up buying it. And uh, I told you a story about riding through a, a, a pond or a dirt tank or a stock tank, as I was so quickly informed after the service. And uh, anyway, I'm going to tell you another quick story about Hanos. We were in Lubbock, Texas. This is before we bought him. I was living with a fellow named Craig Archer, and we were working up there in Lubbock. And this guy came up to us, and he's like, hey, uh, I see you got a horse. I'll pay you if you'll help me. I was like, well, what do you need? He said, I got a 500-pound heifer that we cannot catch. He said, I've just got this little, like it was like 15 acres or something that they irrigated and everything, and he could not catch this wild thing. He said, will you go out there and, and, and rope her for me? I'm just going to take her to the cell. Well, you can pay a cowboy to go rope something? You bet. Let's go. So anyway, I get my rope down, and, and I asked Craig, I said, uh, you, are you going to go do it, Craig? He's like, nah. He said, why don't you take Hanos and go do it? So I was like, all right. So anyway, we all meet out there, and there's several people. I guess they came to watch the rodeo and everything. And it's like... 15 or 18 acres, I don't remember how big it was. It had a fence dividing it, and that fence had, had uh, been, let's see, what's the nice word for it, neglected. And um, anyway, it was all falling down and, and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, it cut the pasture in half, if you can call 18 acres a pasture. And it had been pushed down and everything, but it was like a split level. I mean, it was... I don't know, it was just kind of a weird pasture, but that fence went right along the top side of this split-level deal. And so I get out, and that old heifer, she's just sitting out there eating and everything. And I get Ohano cinched up tight, and I get my rope down there, and I tie on hard and fast. And anyway, we kind of go trotting out there, and you know, she does that little old deal, and that old tail goes up like that. And she went, you ever seen the Roadrunner and the Coyote? Meep, meep. She was gone. And so, me and Hanos, I pour the fire to him. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. She's gone. And so, anyway, I asked Hanos, I was like, man, you got to grab another gear, buddy. And he did, man. He was giving it his all. So, you know, she was running this way, and we just kind of cut corners just wherever she was going. We tried to cut her off at the pass. And anyway, she's coming down that fence line, and we're cutting across here because that's the only way we we're going to catch her. And anyway, I'm about to cut her off at the pass, and she kind of veers towards me, and then she turns right in front of me, and I mean, lines up, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. Here I go. I'm building that loop. I'm not roping myself. And she goes right over that fence. And so I go to turn Hanos, and he goes, uh-uh. <laughs> there goes Hanos. After it was all said and done, they go, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. What they didn't hear is, ah! <laughs> So I hit the ground, reached out there, whew, slick cornered her. I was tied on hard and fast. I threw a trip, and she went down. We bailed off, and I tied her down. Looked like the best cowboy that ever rode. <laughs> then I went and cleaned myself up. 
I'm serious. I mean, it was a drop-off more than this stage, and we jumped a fence to go down there. I'd never done crazy stuff like that. Still hadn't on purpose. <laughs> Anos made me look good that day. But I've got some, a couple of questions for you today. Today we're going to talk about rewarding your faith. What does God give you for having faith? There's some very explicit and, and specific instances that God gives you for recognizing your faith, then writing in faith, and he also rewards your faith. Today, are you ready to catch what you've been chasing? Does it feel like whatever you're trying to do always stays up there and you're just trying to get there and trying to get there and you're going about this fast? No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you whoop, no matter how hard you spur, you just can't quite get there where you think you need to be, where you think God has called you to be. Are you ready to have other people say, I wish I could do that like you did? Man, that was cool. How did you do that? And are you ready to experience the life that you dreamed about? In 1 John 3.16, I love the fact that 1 John 3.16 nearly says exactly the same that John 3.16 does. 1 John 3.16 says this. In the Simplified Cowboy Version, you can read along in your real Bibles. And it says, Jesus showed us what love looks like by laying down his life for us, and that's why we got to do the same. Jesus showed us what real love looks like by laying down his life, and we ought to do the same. The first reward of writing in faith and recognizing your faith that we're going to talk about is, I love myself. And I'm not talking about in a negative sense, I'm just talking about... I love myself and others the same way that Jesus loves me. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you. Can you love yourself with that much? Most people have a negative self-image. But if you will ride in faith, if you can recognize your faith, ride out in it, then you will learn to love yourself the way Jesus does. And I'm not talking about becoming all conceited and walk around with your chest bowed up and everything like that. I'm talking about just caring for yourself by knowing how much God cares about you. Get rid of all that negativity where you look at yourself in the mirror and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's physical or spiritual or emotional. You know, no more of this in the mirrors or, you know, any of this in the mirrors or me in the mirror. I'm like this. <laughs> That's disturbing. Can you love yourself the way Jesus loves you? More importantly, can you love others the same way that Jesus loves them? Because Jesus died for them also. He didn't stick you aside and say, well, I'm going to die for them and not you. But he didn't say, I'm going to die for you and not them. I love the, the deal that, that Christy put on, on her Facebook page. It's called The Worst Preacher's Wife Ever. Go like it at your... It, at your own risk. Not really. She, she put a, a quote on there and it said, it is safe to assume that we have created God in our image 
when God only likes the same people that we do. Did you catch that? We were created in the image of God, but sometimes it's safe to assume that we have created God in our image when God only loves the same people that you do. No, God loves everybody. God loves everybody, and we should too. That doesn't mean that we have to condone what everybody does. That doesn't mean that we should just go and humiliate ourselves and let people do things to us, but we should have the same love for them as Christ does for them and us. The second thing that we're going to talk about is found in 1 Samuel 2, 26. You don't have to turn over there. Um, I have these pieces of paper over there with, with all of this on it if you'd like one. But 1 Samuel 2, 26... Uh, Samuel was the last of the judges in the Old Testament. And if you're like, well, I don't know who a judge is. Samson was a judge in Israel. It's before Israel had kings. And um, Samuel was like one of the first, he was half judge, half prophet. All the prophets kind of based everything off Samuel. His mama's name was Hannah. And she cried out to God and said, I want a child. And if you can give me a boy, I'll dedicate him to you. So God gave gave her a boy and his name was Samuel. And in 1 Samuel 2, 26, it says, With each day that passed, Samuel was liked more and more by the cowboys and cowgirls, and by God too. He grew in stature. The second thing we're going to talk about, about riding in faith, rewarding your faith, is folks are listening to what I say and watching what I do because of my faith. I want you to think about that. Let me put that in a little bit more uh, simple terms. You are becoming influential in other people's lives because of your faith. People are watching what you do. They are going to start listening to what you say. Why? Because you have Christ's light shining through you whenever you walk in faith and you ride in faith and you can recognize your faith. And God is going to reward your faith by letting people come to you and say, what do you have that I don't? I want to be like you. And that's God throwing open the gate and saying, tell them about me. Tell them about me. The second thing we're talking about is becoming influential in other people's lives, just like Samuel was. As Samuel grew, everybody started really liking him. They started paying attention to him. And he grew in influence not only in Israel and, or I don't know, is it Israel or Judah? I don't know. Sorry about that. See, I'm fallible too. But he grew in stature and he grew in influence. So are you. The third thing that we're going to talk about is found in Deuteronomy 6. And out of all five of these, I, I, I'm not going to say that one, I'm not putting them in a, in a hierarchy or anything like that. But if you don't listen to a single thing I say, especially if you're a mama or daddy here today, I want you to listen to Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. These things I've told you, pass them along to your family. Talk about them at home, on the road, and even in the saddle. Tie them around your neck like a wild rag and write them on your doorposts and hang them on your gate entrance. And what is that that, that Moses is talking about? He's talking about making God the most important thing. He's talking about the Ten Commandments and and other things of just living according to God. Because the third reward for your faith is this right here. Your family will be blessed. Now, if you don't want a blessed family, 
you might be at the wrong joint today, or maybe we need to talk afterwards, all right? But if you, it says it right there. If you want a blessed family, it says, <clears throat> these things I've told you, pass them along to your family. Talk about them at home, on the road, and even in the saddle. Tie them around your neck like a wild rag. Write them on your doorpost and hang them on your gate entrance. What you learn today, these statements of faith, of, of riding in faith, recognizing faith, rewards of faith, talk to them, talk to your family about them. Are you talking to your kids? Are you talking to your wife? Are you talking to your husband? Are you talking to your, your mom, your dad? If you want a blessed family, it is a reward of walking in faith. And it tells us how to do it right there. My family is blessed. The fourth thing that we are going to talk about today is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. And it says, Jesus took everything that we've done wrong and asked God to punish him on the cross so we could be set free and live right. We are sound because of his wounds. Now, I know y'all cowboys and cowgirls, y'all know what I mean whenever I say we're sound. What happens whenever you go up there and you get a horse and you say, well, is that horse sound? What does that mean? It means that it's not crippled. It's, it's nothing's a matter with it. You know, it can take you and do what you need to do. Uh, Peter is actually uh, quoting a, uh, a verse out of the Old Testament that a lot of people have heard where it says, by his stripes we are healed. Because the fourth thing that we're going to talk about, the fourth reward of faith, is I am completely sound physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And I want to talk to you for just a second about that. At the Truth Project on Sunday nights, I invite everybody to come. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Last week was just bang up, man. I loved it. I loved it. And we talked about the Trinity. And one of the things that we talked about was how you are, you've got your spiritual life up here, you've got your emotional life down here, and you've got your physical life. Those three things are all interconnected. And if you want Jesus' light to shine through you, all three of those things must be healthy. Because you may be spiritually mature, you may know everything in the Bible, you may have faith and everything like that, but what if you're in an emotional wreck? At the first little drop, you're crying, or the first little drop, you're, you know, getting mad and slamming stuff and kicking stuff and everything like that. I mean, we all know those emotionally out-of-control people. It's hard for Jesus' light to shine through that, okay? But at the same time, maybe you're spiritually mature, maybe you're emotionally mature, but maybe you're not physically healthy, and I'm not talking about being like some of these guys out here that can, you know, run from here to the Rocky Mountains and back. And, you know, you see, the, don't those people on TV make you mad? They're doing all this stuff and they're not even breathing hard. I want to go get my exercise and punch them in the nose. Talk right now, fella. Yeah. But seriously, you know, if you're not physically fit, you're not going to feel well. And if you don't feel well, how well is God's light going to shine through you? I encourage you. I mean, the Bible talks about it time and time again. Your body is a temple. Take care of it. And this isn't a sermon about, you know, going, what's that word, gluten-free? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that if you have to, do it. But do whatever you have to to take care of your body. But there's a promise in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Jesus took everything that we've done wrong and asked God to punish him on the cross. Jesus paid for all of our sins on the cross. And because he paid for it, we've been found not guilty. Rewarding your faith. I am completely sound physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Maybe you're pretty good physically and maybe you're pretty good emotionally. Maybe you're missing the spiritual part. Have you really given your lives 100% over to God? You're here for a reason. Maybe that's it. Okay, we've talked about I love myself and others the same way Jesus loves me. We've talked about becoming influential. Folks are listening to what I say and watching what I do because of my faith. We've talked about having a blessed family. These are all the rewards of faith. If you will have faith, if you will recognize that faith, be able to take it, to use that faith, to ride in faith. This is by no means an end all. These are the only blessings, these are the only the rewards. No, it's not. Okay? It's just some to get us all going on the right path. And when I say all, this guy right up here too. I'm learning as I go. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago that I preached on problems. And God said, well, you need some practice, son. Ugh. Dumped a whole mess of problems. And I'll never forget. I just said, God, I've been preaching about fixing my problems and everything like that. I just give them to you. How's that? He's like, that's what I wanted. My family is blessed. I am completely sound physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And the last one that we're going to talk about. How many of us would like to have God riding shotgun for us? I take that every day. Does it seem like, you know, whenever you're in a good mood, everything's going along just fine and, you know, hey, this is good, you know, I'm riding with God, da 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 da, -da. And then as soon as the, the Satan starts attacking, does it seem like God hightails it for the brush? And I, and I know, I mean, we can all sit here and go, oh, I've never felt like that. Oh, horse hockey. We've all felt like that at one point or another. We've all said, God, where are you? Where did you go? In 2 Thessalonians 3, 2 through 3, it says, Pray that we will be kept safe from the worthless and evil people. Not everyone rides for the same outfit as we do. But the Lord can be trusted to ride shotgun and make you strong while keeping you safe. God is going to keep you safe. That don't mean you ain't going to be surrounded by enemies every now and then. But Jesus said, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to ride shotgun for you. And I think that we could all, you know, if we can see God there and feel God there, is that having faith? No. We don't have to turn around and look to see if God's back there with his double-barrel sawed-off shotgun pacemakers on each hip you know that problem that you're going through right now where you feel so alone see God's got your back but whenever you turn he just moves in behind you to guard you so sometimes it might be hard to see him, but faith says that he's there can you go from believing 
that God will ride shotgun for you to knowing that God will ride shotgun for you. Folks, we're right there. Some of you are this close to getting it. Don't let anything stand in your way. Make a decision today, whether it's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the very first time, or maybe it's just you've accepted him a long time ago, but you've just kind of wandered off the trail and just kind of gone off and done your own thing. You always believed in him, but you didn't know how to recognize your faith or ride in faith and didn't even know that there was rewards to faith down here. Come back. Start a new life today. You've been called here for a reason. Come in here. Get with God. Start riding for him. And start riding in faith, knowing that you can love yourself just like Jesus loved you. You can love others like Jesus loved them. That you are becoming influential. People are going to start listening to you. You have, and I don't mean power, mojo type stuff, but you have power over people. People are going to start coming to you. Be ready. Get your family blessed. Write these things on the doorpost. Share them with your family. You're not alone. You are completely sound, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And always know that God's riding shotgun and he don't run out of ammo. He can't. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just, we ask for more faith. You said with the faith of a mustard seed, Lord, that we could move mountains. Lord, I'm not asking for a mountain to be moved right here, but I'm asking for a heart to be moved. That cowboy and that cowgirl sitting out there right now that is searching for you, longing for you, give them the guts to saddle up and ride with you. Lord, we just pray right now that you would have us do what you would have us do to be who you would have us be, to say what you would have us to say, and to go where you would have us go. Lord, in everything that we do, say, everywhere we go, everything that we are, may we lean on you 100% as we ride off in search of the lost, as we continue to grow in our own faiths, and as we share it with others. Lord, we ask all these things in your most heavenly name. Amen.